The Beatles sang of the magical mystery tour. Agatha Christie always solved the mystery by book's end. We so often think of mystery as either a make-believe world or a puzzle to be solved. What if mystery was a godly arena? What if mystery involved a perpetual unveiling of wondrous things? What if mystery sparked desire rather than uneasiness and uncertainty? What if mystery fueled faith? Let's step into God's marvelous mystery tour. With the purpose of building up the body of Christ through local discipleship, national partnerships, and international support of indigenous missionary activity, welcome to Hope Builders International. We're going to explore together God's marvelous mystery tour in this chapter of Exploring the Divine. Hi, I'm sitting here in my home with my good friend Jeff Andreessen. This is our third podcast from the book Exploring the Divine, Finding God's Heart and Words of Wonder. And this week we're going to start talking about the mystery of God. Jeff, you got... Yeah, thoughts um, there? I'm not sure if we could live up to Tom Moen's billing there. I thought that was fantastic. And uh, well said, Tom. I, I, I appreciate the introduction. You know, what strikes me about mystery, Jeff, is that we want to ask the why question. You know, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people right now are asking that question in our society. Yeah. Why? Why, God? Especially when things don't go the way we want them to. We want to understand, and yet, in my experience, a lot of times we don't get answers to the short-term why questions. You know, over time maybe we do, but God doesn't seem to always want to tell us. But in the big picture of creation, of God's work in the universe and in our lives, I think there is a mystery that we can get to the bottom of, and that was why I wrote this chapter, and that's what I'd yeah. love to begin discussing with you today Yeah, is... Um, the big picture of God's mystery, because if we understand that at a at a basic level, I think that will really do what Tom was talking about. Yeah, insight, faith, insight, mm-hmm. interest won't be discouraging. Will mm-hmm. draw us in to want to understand better. And I think when we begin to understand that minister that mystery, it really helps put our life into context. So even the the day to day mysteries, the day to day things we don't understand, at least we can put them into a greater context right. of God's good will for us and what his purpose is in the universe. So right. that's why I wrote the chapter and that's So Lance, let me yeah. first ask you just in way of definition, maybe a, a brief answer on um understanding two words. If you could describe what what is revelation hmm. and and what is mystery? Yeah. Revelation basically is God showing us something. You know, we sort of tie the idea of revelation into, uh, you know, maybe angels and rushing winds and some big uh, experience that we have. But really, revelation is God just revealing to us what's behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And and that ties right into mystery. Because we've talked before about these two realms, the seen and the unseen. Mm-hmm. And the idea of mystery is that behind what we see, there is a secret. 
you know, when God began right. in creation. There's so many verses in the New Testament. Uh, you know, Jesus, when he came, said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto those that are without, these things are done in parables. So you have this idea of revelation that God is showing us what's behind the curtain, right? What's invisible, and that's connected to His kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, you got the revelation on the one hand, and you got the mystery that God wove into this creation. You know, to me, we most people love mystery. You know, you like they like to read a good mystery. They love a movie that has a good mystery to it. And why is that? Yeah, good question. Well, I think God built into us, hardwired us with it. this desire yeah. for mystery right and so that's how i would begin to talk about mystery and revelation well uh okay then the big question comes why mystery uh why did he hardwire us that way for what for what reason yeah well again are we going to fully know that until we see him i'm not sure but you know god is a lover in a in a romance there's always a mystery. You know, there's always the unexpected. There's the, the possibility of the unexpected. And I think mm-hmm. God loved to hide some of his will in a mystery, even though, as we're going to see, he, he gives us a lot of clues, because he's a lover. He's a wooer. And so he's hidden these things so that we can pursue him, mm. so that he can uh, pursue us, right. you know, so that uh, it's not all rote. It's, you know, people think the Christian life is boring or dull. I mean, they haven't met, if they think that, they just haven't really got a glimpse of yeah. who God is. So God decided that he would be sought, he would be found, and involved in that, in my mind, that's how he chose to organize this universe. And for one, I'm glad he did. I'm glad there are things, you know, there's a verse that said, says the spirit searches the deep things, even the depths of God. So God has deep places that where things are going on Mm -hmm. and where his mind is. And thank God we now have the spirit that can searches those deep places and can begin to show us what he's like and who he's like. You know, this is part of the nature of God. So, um, what what I'm hearing in a way of by definition is revelation is pretty much pulling the curtain back to see what's behind the the the, the curtain, right. and, and mystery is something that's larger, deeper, uh, bigger than we could have ever imagined. Right. And w- what I like about this conversation is the idea that mystery is not something to get upset about mm. or to worry about, but rather it's an invitation. Oh, yeah. uh, to to God, yeah, and I think the problem with us living in the age of a reason that we live in, we want to know everything, mm-hmm. is is that we often misunderstand uh, mystery for ignorance. You know, we right. we we don't get it. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I I know it's in my heart, but I can't get it in my head, or mm-hmm. you know, that vice versa, and yeah. and and so we get discouraged because we don't know, and yet the very idea of this mystery is is more of an invitation. Well, that's a great way to think about it. Listen to, I don't know how you think, people think about Paul, you know, if he was what kind of guy he is, but Paul refers so much to the mystery. The mystery was such an important part of his life. And let me just read this, those verses out of Corinthians. Paul says, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, 
A wisdom, however, not of this age or of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God predestined before the ages to our glory. Now, that's, that's important right there. Yeah. With, and then he says this, which none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, there's two key things going on there that relate to what you just said. Number one, this mystery and its revelation is to our glory. Now, a lot of us want to say, what's the purpose of man to glorify God? Mm. Well, we're not going to argue with that. We want to glorify God. Mm -hmm. But according to this, the mystery is for our glory. Mm. So that's not something we got to be afraid of or something we need to run away from. I mean, this is... The result of getting a hold of this mystery is going to bring us glory, which of mm-hmm. course fits in with the nature of God, because why would he want to spend eternity with right. beings that, that weren't glorious? But the other part of that is that none of the rulers of this age understood it. Okay, well this brings up a great point of yeah. why mystery. So Lance, yeah. tell me, uh, what can you open that up for me? What, what do you mean the principle? Principalities of this world didn't understand who he was. Had they known yeah. who he was, they wouldn't have crucified him. Yeah. And could you tell me uh, that in relationship to how important seed is uh, oh, wow. in in this idea of mystery? Okay, we're just going to want to get right into it here because this is um, again. Well, the, who are the rulers of this age? That would be the principalities. Would be I would say the the, the enemy. Yeah. The, the evil one is the prince prince of this age. I agree with you, and there are numerous. New Testament verses that yeah. that speak to that, which, by the way, I cite in the chapter in the book, so you can go there and right. pick them out. We won't go through them now, but you have these rule, these unseen, invisible rulers of this age. Of course, they're exerting their power over the visible rulers, so that their dominion is is seen on the earth. Um, but so God has this secret, right? Before He creates, before there's an earth. God has a mystery. So even when you begin to look at earth, you, you know, we're, you you got to realize, okay, there's a there's a secret there. In the in the creation of the earth there's a secret. So uh right there begins to take you beyond just living life on an earthly plane, mm-hmm. just taking things as they come mm-hmm. because even before God created, he had this mystery. So Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What do you see in the garden? If you read Genesis 1 and you go through those, the, the story of creation, and, you know, to me, again, this is why the enemy is so interested in undoing creation, you know, in our schools, education, undoing the idea that there's a creator, mm. undoing the idea that, you know, God began by creating. Because if, if the enemy can do away with that one, do away with the, the idea of a creating God, then yeah. then the mystery, we mm. lose its clues. Mm. We lose its mm. secrets. So he knows if he can get there mm-hmm. and do away with that, it's going to... Yeah. It's, go ahead. So everything in creation, going back to Genesis 1, yeah. has seed in it. Well, there you go. If you go back and read Genesis 1, there's a pattern. Everything that God made, and he starts small... He starts with the, you know, the plants, and then he moves up to fish, then he moves up to birds, then he moves up to land animals, and 
everything, it's, there's two things that it says about each of them. One is they have seed in them, and the other is they produce after their own kind. So, okay, what does yeah. that mean? So if, if there's a seed of an orange, what's it going to produce? Yeah, this, that orange is going to produce an orange. Uh, an elephant is going to produce... That's right. Everything produces seed after, after its, own, its kind. own kind. And this, so God has got a secret. This is what we got to remember. And so as he's making things, everything... Just go back and read it in Genesis 1, verses 20 to 25, and you'll see this pattern. Everything has seed in it. Everything produces after its kind. Right. And what did God think about that? Oh, that was that was good. That was good. Right. And the the seed did not need an owner's manual hmm. uh, to produce life of its own kind. It That's knew a great point. it knew what to do. That's right? a great point. Everything fit into the environment in which it was put. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it didn't need an owner's manual. It just it lived. It produced. It did what it was designed to do. Okay, so let's move this now to when Adam's uh, okay. now created. How does right. this figure in? Well, this is fascinating. When God comes to the sixth day and he decides to make man, what does the Bible say about God making man? He made him after his own image. Okay, now this is a departure from everything else we've seen. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. he makes the... The, the seed for the plants and they're producing after their kind the birds are producing after their kind the fish after their kind the cattle after their kind mm. but when he makes man whose image does he make man oh, in? in his in okay. his image yeah let us make man it says in our image after our likeness and let them rule. Let them have dominion. You know, you have the whole, whole idea of the kingdom here, right? In Genesis 1, we're going to get to the kingdom later. This is so important. But man is created. It says, so God created man in his own image. Hmm. In the image of God created he him, male and female. He created them. So even in God's mind from the beginning, hmm. male and female are one in this creation. And it takes both. To fully bear his image. Hmm. So man wasn't made to produce after his kind. He was made to wow. produce the image of God. Wow. So that's a wow. that is a major shift from the paradigm that we've already wow. seen. But yeah. but what happened? Yeah, well of course uh well one thing I would like to say uh by way of clarification is when Eve was created, uh and Adam took one look at Eve, um, well, he didn't need an owner's manual there uh, to produce after his own kind. It came very natural uh, for him. And uh, so, but eventually, you know, we know that there were trees in the middle of the garden and there was a tree of life. And and if I'm reading this story right, there was seed in that tree of life Mm. that this, that they needed. That's a great point. But they chose the wrong tree, right? Okay. Let's pursue this a little bit this thought that you've just brought up. So the fish are made for the water. The birds are made for the sky. The animals were made for the earth to live on, on, the, on the ground. So what was man's intended habitat? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab at that. Okay. His, his intended habitat was to walk on the earth, but 
to be able to contain the heavens, to, to be able to contain both realms. Think about that. A man on the earth who draws his life from another realm. Mm-hmm. And we talked about life already and how important that is. And Jesus saying, you know, I've come that they might have life and that this life is this life of God out of the realm of the heavens. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you here. I think man originally, God's idea was he'd have a man on the earth who could draw from the heavens mm-hmm. because how else is man going to express the image of God? So, Jeff, how is he? How is man going to draw from the heavens? What's what's the vehicle for him to be able to do that then in in the garden? Well, it's going to be the seed that's in the tree of life, and and with that idea of the generosity of God, who says to eat freely, uh, yet there was one tree that they were not to eat from. Right. So that was the tree, as we all know, that they did eat from. So what happened there? Well. Not only did man become sinful, which as we talked about last week, that's sort of where we tend to park our car and Mm. focus on sin, but I think even just as importantly, he lost his access to the heavens. And so man just didn't become sinful, but we became earthbound and always trying to draw. We know there's a heaven. We know there's something spiritual out there. But we don't know how to get there, so we're looking here, we're looking there, but we're drawing it all from earth. So what happened? Well, God closed the way to the tree of life mm-hmm. so that we couldn't eat from it, and he put man out of the garden. But And so the Old Testament history started, but let's keep in mind one thing in all of this. God had a secret. Right. God had a mystery. And when we look at oranges and when we look at birds and when we look at the different you know animals and we look at all the fruits when you see that seed that's trying to tell us something mm-hmm. there's a mystery there so even if, you know if you love horses if you love sunsets if you love things about nature whatever it is you love about them there's a secret behind all of that mm-hmm. there's a reality behind all of that that God designed that, as Paul says later on, that mystery is to our glory. So there's something something glorious that you sense in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that glory is mm-hmm. a reflection of something that God has designed for you to experience. So this is this is where we get into the we start the story of the Old Testament. Okay, so now um, we know that. Uh, the promise was given to Abraham. Right. And so uh, God says to look up at the stars. And yeah. he could see all the stars up there. Uh, but then God says, uh, so shall your seed be. That word is so, so important. So what's that? What, open that up for us. What is, what's he saying? Well, the, when, when, How come is he looking at stars, but then he talks about seed? Yeah, God is so interested in seed. Here's Here's Jesus Christ. We know later on, Peter's going to refer to him as the seed of life. You know, and, and when you're thinking about seed and you're thinking about uh, descendants, you know, whenever you see the word descendants in the Old Testament, really the word is seed. Mm-hmm. There it isn't descendants. So God is really interested in this idea of seed. And just looking back at Genesis for a moment, how much seed did God plant in the garden? I mean, this this garden, this these things that God created, 
How much seed is in them? Let's say that that earth was created 8,000 years ago. Maybe it was created long before that. You know, I don't really know. But when God made all that, was it a short-term kind of a thing, or was there enough seed in there to produce life indefinitely, seemingly? Yeah. seemingly? I mean, I don't know what your experience has been this this fall, Jeff, but uh, we used to own this 13-acre property with this big house on it, and it was called Oak Lee, as you know. And it was called Oak Lee because it had all these massive oak trees on it, which we loved. We loved the oak trees. But what happened every fall? They fell down. <laughs> well, the leaves fell down. The leaves fell. And that wasn't all that fell. Yeah. You know what else fell? Yeah. All yeah. these all millions the of acorns. Yeah. And I don't know how it's been for you this year, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen as many acorns yeah. in my backyard as I'm raking yeah. trying to do what? trying to root themselves into the ground right. you know and every one of those acorns has a secret it's trying to it's trying to say something to me hmm. it's trying to say to me you know I, i'm an acorn i came from an oak tree one day i'm gonna be an oak tree and beyond that i'm gonna produce hmm. acorns so here's this idea of seed and the power of a seed and the life of a seed that bears, remember, after its own kind, that bears its image. Let's go to the New Testament. Okay, let's go, do go that. Ahead. Now, um, just understanding that it's really kind of one story, you know. Right. We could talk Old Testament, New Testament, but we've yeah. got really one story. What's going on when Jesus, or when God now, impregnates Mary? Because yeah. technically, maybe she might be the first person now who is, who is of the earth but contains in her maybe what a seed which is the life of god from yeah. another realm and yeah. so uh we know that she gives birth to jesus right. and jesus starts his ministry yeah and what's interesting is is that he's not really so much a ministry of born again or not a ministry of let's get it right with your sin but he's preaching a kingdom He's yeah. wanting to bring this other realm back right. uh, to earth. That's the way I see it. Uh, his yeah. primary mission is he's preaching the kingdom. And he's, it's spellbinding with its mystery of right. you know, changing the water to wine, yeah. uh, raising the dead. Uh, it's unbelievable what he's doing. And, of course, they want to make him king, right? Yeah. Uh, but what do they want to make him king of? They want to make him king of this realm, just this realm. That's but he has right. so much more in mind. What does he have in mind? Yeah, that's... So interesting, you know. We're all trying to figure out who was Jesus, how was he doing what he was doing. Um, you know, when he came, John writes about him: the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We saw his glory, glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. We talked about last week, full of reality. You know, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth, reality, were seen in Jesus Christ. Um, so here you have the Lord Jesus. No one has seen God at any time. So you're looking at him, and he is a mystery, isn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, Nicodemus shows up. and yeah. how, how, do you, how do you do what you're doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and how, how are you making these things? That no one can, nobody can do these things unless he comes from God. Who are you anyway? I think that's what's going on with Nicodemus. And what's Jesus turn around and say? If you want to know what's going on in the kingdom of God that you've just brought up, you have to be born 
from another realm. Mm. Literally, it says you have to be born from above. So you need to get this life. It's so interesting to me that Jesus says nothing about behavior. You know, we like to lead with behavior too often. Mm. We bring people to Christ, and then we, and then we tell them the rules. Mm. You know, and we start out well, but then all yeah. of a sudden we get on this track to do the rules. Is mm-hmm. that why Jesus came? Was that his secret? I hope not. To give us the rule book? I hope not. You know, that's not what he did with Nicodemus. Right. He said, you know, if you want this life that you don't understand, and believe me, I don't understand it very well a lot of times. I, I see it. I, I know it's there. But there's a, a mystery here yeah. to this life. Yeah. And uh, so he says, unless you're born out of this other realm, uh, you can't know this kingdom. So... So who is Jesus? What, what is he doing? Yeah. So um, in continuing this story, yeah, uh, I think the mystery starts to come to a head one day uh, when Jesus tells everybody who he is, mm-hmm. uh, and he begins to reveal this mystery. Now, before I want you to go there with yeah. me, but uh, I, I love the fact that one day um, Jesus is talking to Peter, and and this mystery of the church comes up, you know, and Jesus says, you know. You're, you're now Peter. Yeah. And upon, uh, you know, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but yeah. my Father which is in heaven. Right. And upon this rock I will build my church. And, and I know so many people look at um, Peter as what Jesus built the church on. Yet what I see it as, it wasn't Peter. It was, it was going to be built on revelation. Right. It was going to be built on revelation of, of who Jesus is. Right. And so one day he comes along and he starts to talk to people about who he is and how does he refer himself to. I think it's important for us to get to get a good hold on this. You know, when like, for example, when he shows up, you're talking about being king and all the stuff that he did. Um, he shows up at the wedding. His mom says he'll take care of it. But what does he say first to her? Before before he tells them what to do, what does he say? Woman, what do I have to do with you? Yeah, and then he says, my hour has not yet come. Mm. So here's Jesus. He can do all this stuff, but he has an hour, and that hour has not yet come. So then later on, his brothers want him to go up to Jerusalem. So they're saying, you know, you want to be famous. They want to make you king. You're You're this great teacher. Nobody's ever heard the kinds of things you're saying nobody's ever seen the dead raised nobody's ever seen mm. water turned into wine you know do is he the miracle worker is he the healer is he the teacher is he the king mm. i mean mm. what is mm. his secret mm. you know people are trying to yeah. get a hold of it and nail it down and, yeah you know what would what would jesus do in this situation if i could just do that yeah but so his brothers want him to go up to jerusalem what does he say to them you know, your time, it's always appropriate for you to go and try to get this earthly acclaim, but my hour hasn't come. So just once again, Jesus is pointed towards something. Mm. He's pointed towards an hour that's mm. come. And I think this is where, yeah, you know, we're wanting to go with this because here's where the story gets really interesting. Right, because eventually he comes along and he starts to talk about the seed yeah. And he says, unless the seed fall into the ground and die, uh, it will bear no fruit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he reveals himself that all along, uh, this is what his mission is. This is what his hour is all about. And that, in fact, he is the seed. Well, that, and let's fill in the blanks a little bit. Because, you know, you've got this 
dual thing going on here where there's a mystery mm -hmm. that Paul's writing about over and again. It's to our glory. And then there's this whole element of the enemy and the rulers not understanding the mystery. They didn't, they didn't get the mystery because it says if they had, they wouldn't have crucified him. Just looking at Jesus for a moment, what kind of person is he? What kind of life is he exhibiting? The enemy can't control him. The enemy can't deceive him. You know, what's one of the first things that happened to Jesus after he was baptized? It was the first thing. The dove came down on him, I know, but yeah. then he had to go 40 days out into the wilderness and yeah. be tempted by the enemy. Yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. Here's, here's Jesus. The Father anoints him. He's baptized, and immediately it says the Spirit took him out into the wilderness to be tried by the enemy. So what's going on there? I think God is, is road testing this thing. You know, because you got a you've got a person here who's living out of another realm. Is this thing going to really work? Hmm. Is this life hmm. really going to be able to take the temptations that every man has fallen for? Yeah. And again, remember the enemy doesn't. The enemy just sees this guy that he is different than anybody else he has ever seen before in history. There's never been another man like this on the planet. I mean, we're, it's not our job to try to. Just be like Jesus, because yeah. nobody's ever been <laughs> like him. So so God sends him out to, and he just doesn't send him out sort of on equal terms. You know, he's got a 40 days. Yeah. Let's yeah. really try this thing out. I mean, yeah. we think we have tests sometimes. God says, okay, let's have 40 days of fasting, mm. and then let's see how he does. Mm. So the enemy presents him. The first, what's the, you remember the first conversation they have, what it's about? The, aren't you hungry? I mean, wasn't that the first conversation mm. that the enemy had with Adam in the garden? Or with Eve? Has, has God said, you shall not eat? Mm. So right here, we're back at food. First mm. conversation. And what's Jesus say? Man shall not live on bread alone. What's he supposed to live on? This life that comes out. So anyway, you've got this life that the enemy can't control. So he thinks, if I can just get rid of him, if we could just get rid of Jesus, everything will be better. I'll be back in total control. Let's crucify him. So we've talked about this. My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And then the disciples come to him one day, and they said, we've got some Gentiles here that want to see you. Is that, is that Some Gentiles come, and they ask the apostles, can we see Jesus? And they're not really sure. Because they think he's just here for the for the Jews, so they come to Jesus, and so here you got the Jews. Jesus has been working on. Now the Gentiles are coming, and this is going to fit in. We'll get to this next time about the broadness of this mystery. So, what is Jesus' reaction when they bring these Gentiles to him? It's so amazing to me, and this is the passage you've been referring to, John John chapter uh, twelve. The Lord says. Now the hour has come. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then he says, Truly, truly. Truly, truly. Here, this is really the truth now that, I'm, that we're mm -hmm. talking about. This is mm -hmm. the real kernel of truth. Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it abides alone, what happens? It if it falls into the ground and dies, 
bears much fruit. It bears much fruit. What kind of fruit? The life of God. Yeah, the, the kind of fruit that's in it. The kind of life that's in the seed. Mm. So what's Jesus saying? You know who I am? I'm a seed. I'm the seed of life. In me is the life of God. In me is this creative God who made all of this. Okay, so then why did it have to die? Okay, it had to go into the ground. It had to die. I believe it had to die because how was that life going to get into you? Hmm. As a human, as a man, Jesus could not get into you. And God wanted to get into you with the seed of life that produces life after his kind, in his image. How's he going to get in there? By his spirit. By the spirit. And for some reason in the economy of God, well, he had to die partly because of sin, but also the life needed to be transformed. Mm. And, you know, it says in the New Testament, he became the life-giving spirit. And in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the spirit, there was a glorification of him. Mm. So that he died, he was resurrected, and where do we see him next? Being poured out. We see him re-entering the upper room. And what does he say to those people? As the living Father sent me, so I, in the same way I send you, and it says he breathed on them. He blew into them his own spirit life. Mm. To what purpose? So that that life in us could produce the image, the life that God really intended us to have. So, Lance, you're telling me that there's a seed in me that could produce seed of its own kind without an owner's manual. It just automatically knows how to do it? That's right. That's right. This life in you... And as you turn to this life and you engage him who is in you, he begins to produce mm. the fruit of this life in you. And, and we know, we talked about this too last week, that this is a thing that's a loaf. You have this life, I have this life. Together we learn yeah. how to know him mm. and how to see. And, you know, there's death involved. Yeah. There's dying to self. There's the cross. All these are elements in there that are part of the mystery. Uh, to me, in my mind, this is the greater mystery. Now, what about this whole thing of the enemy not crucifying Jesus if he had known the secret? Yeah. You know what, Jeff? That's a great place to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd like to invite you all to come back and join us for the next edition, the back half of the mystery chapter, because it only gets better from here. What's amazing, as you've described this, Lance, is the fact that somehow... Uh, this mystery has found fulfillment actually mm. by living in us. That's right. You know yeah, this mystery of uh, Christ and the church. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, it's a, there's a lot there, and I'm not even sure if we can completely finish this in the next podcast. <laughs> well. But let's end it here uh, with the anticipation yeah. of uh, what we might be talking about next week. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we'll visit with you again in the next edition of Exploring the Divine. Finding God's Heart in Words of Wonder. Thank you for listening to Hope Builders International. Discover ways that you can join us with building up the body of Christ by visiting our website at hope-builders.org.